dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Today, we welcome back a familiar guest to Cannabis Radio who is a former Apache helicopter pilot, an Army captain, an MIT graduate, who is one of the trendsetters in cannabis technology. Uh, uh, without any further saying, I think you might know, this is uh, the CEO and co-founder of Jane Technologies, Socrates Rosenfeld. Welcome back to Blunt Business. Thanks very much, man. It's great to be back. Yeah, I feel like I, I, we get a chance to talk to you about our, every about six, nine months or so, and it's, uh, again, glad to have you back. It's been a couple appearances, so glad to have you on as a regular. And you always give us so Likewise. much information when it comes to uh, what you're giving your software from all the uh, different dispensaries and businesses you work with at Jane. So first off, we are recording this show just after 420, and I know that you and your team were talked or were asked by Yahoo Finance recently about 420 sales and the sales forecast overall for cannabis this year. Now, one of your company spokespeople said in an email to Yahoo Finance that, quote, CBD will be big this year, particularly when it comes to how much customers are willing to spend. Data showing people buying CBD spend 50% more than a shopper looking for THC. Interesting point. Now, when it comes to which products are popular, you said that Americans are increasingly purchasing edibles. We've been reading about that as well in other places, particularly to satisfy a sweet tooth as well as topical lotions and balms. And over the last six months, sweet edibles of, for sales of your brand, such as candy and ice cream, have gone up 50%. Topical lotions and balms have jumped up more than 150%. And we've gone through a number of different data across the board about you know, different states and what is going on about what people are going into that again flour is not the major focus it's more we've read some of the, the vape pens have been more popular or then we've heard more about <clears throat> animals but now you're giving me these stats are quite interesting just tell me some of the factors that you look at that you think are leading to all these increases in certain products over others yeah yeah i think what we're seeing uh, you know across the board on a macro level are, are a, a couple things one is um the fact that there's a, a such an influx of new products, new brands trying to establish themselves across each new state market. Um, and the way really this, this country's, the cannabis industry here is shaping up is, you know, the products that are very popular in, in Washington state, for instance, are completely a different set of popular products in California to the, wet, to the East Coast, to really the Midwest. Um, and so we're just seeing um, each state market and the brands in which um, uh, these state markets operate, there's just so much popularity in, in, in trying to get involved, not only with flowers you identified, but now people are starting to understand and brands are starting to understand where to find their niche. Is it in um, pet treats? Is it in women's wellness? Is it more geared towards topical creams? Um, those are things that we're seeing that's really shaping the market. And I think probably even more importantly, or probably the most prim primary driver of this is the fact that consumers and their tastes um, are becoming a lot more sophisticated very rapidly, uh, quite frankly, where, you know, two years ago, people thought it was just flowers, maybe a concentrate and, and edibles. 
but now there are hundreds of thousands of different permutations of products on our marketplace. We now have over, I think, close to 150,000 SKUs on our marketplace. Everything from vegan, gluten-free edibles to things for your pet to shampoo products. And as people um, find the right product for them, they want to not only continue shopping for that category, but also explore other brands um, within that category to find exactly what works best for them. So it's a, it's really a mix of both this influx of new brands and products trying to establish their niche in the market, in each individual state market, as well as um, customer education. As, as we, as a consumer base, become more and more sophisticated, we look for exactly the right product that fits our exact right needs. Now, with some of the products that are increasing, do you think there's any products right now where, I mean, there's such a, a push now with a number of companies to see what they can infuse with CBD. Is there any kind of a decompression you feel like there's going to be with certain products that are like, well, this tried, but the market's not going to test well for it. It's more, you know, maybe uh, more or less abbreviating the focus on what products should be sold with an infusion of CBD or not. Yeah, that's a that's a great question and something that our our, our data captures quite quite nicely on in terms of you know the products that do have CBD. What in which categories is is CBD really popular? So you have your standard um, uh, edibles are really popular. Uh, tinctures are really popular with CBD. Topical creams, quite frankly, are are quite popular. Anything you give your pet, that's really one of the fastest growing verticals out there as well. Very. Obviously, people are, are giving their pets CBD. To be honest with you, hmm. we haven't seen really any kind of uh, downturn in products that are infused with CBD. If anything, it's an up, up, uptick. And you're seeing that with some of the more popular national brands that see an opportunity to really you know, build their brand through the CBD audience and then leverage that to introduce more um, THC products um, you know, to, about a year and a half ago, beverages weren't really popular, yeah. but my, my, my guess is that as we see, um, more and more of these, you know, alcohol CPG companies moving into the space, I, I think you're going to see CBD water become very, very popular. And that's starting to show a little bit yeah. in the data that we're seeing on our marketplace. Um, but that's the only one I would call out. But I, you know, if I was a betting man, my hypothesis is that, uh, across the board, CBD will be popular across all different categories. Yeah, very soon on Blunt Business, on well, just a little bit of a tease, we are going to talk to a yeah. CBD beverage manufacturer about just that kind of thing. So we'll stick around for that. There'll be in a couple of future, some of the next upcoming episodes. We already have that locked in and ready to go. Now, there are predictions that you made of, as part of 420, and you've been keeping tabs on five key areas of uh, cannabis business that we're going to say are being are playing a big part in moving the industry forward in the next 12 months. And I want to go talk about those with you one by one. But before that, Great. talk to me about the research and what were you looking for to specifically to analyze? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great question. So, you know, a lot of data companies um, are really focused on demographics. So, um, they want to know, you know, is this a male or a female? What age? Those kind of things. Generational which, which is, gaps, yeah. Yeah, which is helpful. But I think in this new day and age of technology, um, we, we are leaning, we're really kind of focused on 
yes, demographic data, but also psychographic data. And it that, that sounds like a very scary word, but it's <laughs> not. It's it's really kind of understanding the intent to purchase, not based on your age or your gender, but instead on really understanding how you're shopping, what products you're searching for. And through that, we can almost understand, you know, and categorize certain consumers. We understand not only who they are, but why they're shopping for their products and, and how they want to shop for their products. How often do they come back? What else are they putting in their cart? And so we're in position to really capture that very rich consumer insight data. And that's really what we want to study. If, you, if, you, if you're familiar with a Netflix, the reason why Netflix can recommend, you know, different movies based on the individuals, you know, uh, how the individual watches and digests content they'll match that individual up with hundreds of thousands of other consumers that, that really kind of shop just like them. We do the exact same thing. Amazon does it very well. Yeah. Really, any other marketplace does it quite well. And that's what we're in position to really bring and provide for this, for this industry. So more of a behavioral data is what you're really bringing to the forefront. Exactly. Now, give me an idea, and when we get into these predictions, and I'll ask about those one by one after the break, uh, give me an idea of the sample that you used and how many markets were analyzed so we have a, a good idea of uh, how big a market we're testing here. Great. So we analyzed about 650 dispensaries across 20 state markets, um, across hundreds and hundreds of thousands of orders, actual real orders that were placed um, through our platform uh, over the course of uh, about six months, we started to watch those trends and, and really came, came back with, I thought, some very interesting insights. Fantastic. We're going to go and run by all that data. We're going to go and go through everything from uh, pre-rolls to edibles to just so many different products we're going to talk about. Uh, with here with Socrates Rosenfeld, the CEO of Jane Technologies here in Blood Business. But before we go ahead and do that, again, i got to talk to you about August 3rd and 4th. Mark that on your calendar and actually get here on August 2nd because you need to be here for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, who are our wonderful sponsors here on Blunt Business. We're going to be at our show will be once again held at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. A great, great show we have for all of you. We will have a cultivators workshop. We're going to have SEO training, search engine optimization by the person that coined the term search engine optimization. We're talking about how to get yourself listed on the top of every Google search result for the keywords that you want to be searched for. Very important. We'll also have, for doctors, you'll have the chance to go and learn about the evaluation process, learning about the criteria that's needed, and to see if you want to be a doctor that is able to go ahead and administer medical marijuana cars in the state of Florida. We'll also have the chance for patients to get evaluated for a medical marijuana card on site without having to go to a doctor and make the visit and schedule the appointment. You can go and meet them that weekend, August 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So August 2nd, we'll have the education for the Cultivators Workshop, the SEO training, the doctor's evaluation course. You can take the exam, learn about all of that. August 3rd and 4th, we'll have the expo and all the sessions. Great sessions going on. We'll have doctors, uh, legislators. We'll have caregivers, patients, and business professionals that will be all speaking there. We'll have a great plethora of agenda that's uh, being worked on as we speak. We'll have more information about it here on Blunt Business in the coming episodes. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Educate, engage, and empower the evolution of the cannabis industry. 
Join us in Miami, Florida for the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 3rd and 4th. Register now at usccexpo.com. Back with Socrates Rosenfeld and J Technologies in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. I'm joined by Socrates Rosenfeld, the CEO of Jane Technologies here on Blunt Business. Thanks again for joining us here on the program. So let's get into the findings that we learned about when it comes to uh, predictions. The five areas of cannabis business that will play a big part in moving the industry forward going into the next 12 months. So first off, we already talked about how CBD will be big this year when it comes to how customers are willing to spend. The data shows people buying CBD spend 50% more than a shopper looking for THC. So does any of that, I know part of the reason for the THC part and some of the research I've been reading about has to do with the black market. Do you think that, Mm. how much of that does play a factor and how much of it is it that more people are going into a shop for CBD because more of the medical components of more of the recreational components? You know, it's probably a, a mix of both, um, and it's a great point. I actually never even really considered um, the black market in driving CBD sales forward, yeah. but I, I think that's a that's a valid point. Where, where I why I think there's um, such popularity around CBD is that it's a great threshold into trying this plant medicinally, meaning. Um, there's no psychoactive effects with CBD. So my, my hypothesis is that there are a lot of new entrants into this new, new consumers that a have probably never even tried cannabis that are now trying it. And I think CBD is a, is a again, a, a great first product to try uh, because you get those um, wellness effects without the uh, psychoactive effects of, of THC. So it's a, it's a good way to, to kind of, start in my opinion 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are probably others that are are looking for specific, you know, CBD is one of the most powerful um, anti-inflammatories in the world. Um, and, and now, if you think about what that affects, meaning digestion, sleep, anxiety, people, you know, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm sure throughout the day, someone, we, we all feel a level of anxiety. We would all like to get more sleep. We would like to, um, where there's inflammation and, and, and pain, et cetera, whether that's digestive or, you know, more, you know, like my grandmother uses CBD for her arthritis. It's just a, a it can plug and play into so many different uh, factors. It solves and addresses so many issues that I think plague Americans and it's a great first product to try for those that maybe aren't um, too comfortable with the psychoactive effects that, that THC or so, some of the other compounds um, present. And I think that's why you're seeing such popularity around this product and, and why people are willing to pay more for this product. Either A, it's a, again, a great way to try all kinds of different products without kind of getting overwhelmed or, or B, quite frankly, now you can start addressing specific ailments or really drive towards specific desired effects that you're looking for. And, and CBD um, obviously helps with a lot of those issues as well. Some of the stats I've been reading now, CBD market is predicted to grow to $22 billion by 2022. Oh, that's very wow. interesting. Now, part of that I'm also ask, want to ask about is the fact that the – Mainstream chain drugstores are now looking to sell CBD products. I just read a story that says that CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid are all planning to go ahead and work on uh, CBD. So Walgreens is going to bring the products to 1,500 locations. Uh, Was any of that taken into account in your research? It wasn't. And in fact, um, I think that's only going to, again, you know, uh, introduce cannabis, the plant itself, to the masses. You know, those that would never otherwise feel comfortable stepping in inside a dispensary, for instance, but would feel very, very comfortable going into Walgreens. If that Mm. consumer, you know, tries CBD and and it's through Walgreens or CVS, I think that's a beautiful thing for the industry because, again, as that consumer starts to get more and more educated about why he or she is feeling better and the more education that that consumer does. And I'm speaking from experience. I, the same kind of um, entryway into the cannabis industry for me was, you know, I tried something. It made me feel really good. I started to do more um, research. I started to try other products. And I think I, that's just going to be a, a beautiful thing for this industry as, as more and more of these mainstream retail outlets, obviously they can't sell THC products. I, I, I would guess that they would like to if it was legal, but as close as they can, these, these hemp-based CBD products, I think it's a wonderful thing for the industry because, again, it just opens up this plant to the masses here in the country. So my only thing just for my own reach is the fact that, uh, you know, about the quality of the products they get. I mean, yes. who's who yes. providing that product to them? And uh, is it somebody that we would be familiar with? And would you – recommend people, you know, giving it a shot, let the mainstream kind of go to those stores, but you would still think that going to your, you know, your uh, hometown dispensaries are still the places to go to get the real highest quality full spectrum CBD. Exactly. And, 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 you know, 
not to beat a dead horse, but I think, let's say someone who would never otherwise think of themselves as being someone who can walk into a dispensary, but instead is going to take a hemp-based CBD product off the shelf on Walgreens, that person's going to feel better. I think we all agree on that. Now, the next piece is how do we educate that consumer? Very much like we have educated ourselves on non-GMO, pesticide-free, organic produce that we get at the, at the grocery store, or we look out for that on menu items at restaurants. You know, though the industry isn't there yet in terms of educating our consumers, I think that's why that number is so high come 2022 is because consumers are going to say, great, CBD helps me. Now I, I want not only CBD and XYZ form, but I'm also going to look for really clean, organic, pesticide-free products because at the end of the day, I'm putting this inside of my body. And if you, if you look and, and see if how other Americans care about what they're putting in their body this day and age, those things like, is this a clean, organic product count? And I think the market will shape itself with meaning the products on Walgreens store shelves, you know, in 12 months, if they're not saying they're clean and, and uh, being, you know, transparent with their products and pesticides, et cetera, those products won't sell. And, and um, I, I think that's just, again, going to come from education from the consumer base. And, and we're going to decide, you know, with our wallets where we want to spend our money. And my, my hypothesis is that people will pay for a, a premium for clean, organic, pesticide-free products. Right now, and just to give a little bit of context as well, because this is still as ongoing because now stores are starting to get them on the shelves, but only in several markets, only in several states mm. so far across the board. But just so everybody's clear, you won't find CBD-infused products in every product of your local CVS, Walgreens, or Rite Aid. At least the scope of the products will be limited to health and wellness products. For the time being, the chains will not sell CBD products in the forms of oils, tinctures, or other ingestibles. So very important to keep that distinction clear of what you're going to yeah. be able to find at the stores, you're still, your best bet is still go and hit your hometown dispensaries and go to those spots where you've been buying for a long time. Stick with that. Yeah. Now, yeah. moving along, uh, so we talked about edibles a little bit before and really for more of the people that are just having that satisfy a sweet tooth. So candy or ice cream example, sweet edibles have grown 50% in the last six months, a trend that uh, it's really just surprised. And any preferences on what kind of edibles perform better? And you, can you put it down by which process those edibles are made? Is there anything being said? Because I know one thing I want to talk about with somebody about edibles coming up down the line here on Blunt Business is, and it's been talked about on the show, is the difference of those using uh, distillates versus uh, BHO extraction. Right, right. right. And, I, and I think the distillates, are, the distillates are, are becoming more and more popular just because of the the delivery uh, and the time in which we feel those effects when taking these, these um, medicated edibles. Um, in terms of, you know, what popular subcategories within edibles, so it's really anything sweet. Um, it's gummies, it's uh, baked goods. Um, those are really popular. Mints are actually becoming uh, quite popular. Uh, sublingual strips, anything really discreet that that um, people can take, but predominantly it's it's anything really sweet, um, and and largely a lot of those are coming in the form of candies or gummies. Um, and I, I, you know, m my guess is that a lot of these um, 
at least the people that I talk to, the consumers that I talk to, mm-hmm. they have an evening wellness routine. Um, and I, I would imagine that a lot of cannabis consumers have this as well, meaning, you know, as, as we prepare for, for bed, we all do different things. Maybe someone fixes a cup of tea, maybe we drink a, a warm glass of milk or take a shower or something like that. A lot of people are, are, you know, after, you know, they come home from work, they'll have dinner and then they'll try, they'll, they'll take a, a, you know, a five milligram or 10 milligram candy as almost like a dessert. And that kicks in in about an hour, two hours, and they're ready to have a, a really restful sleep. Um, I wonder if that plays into it. Uh, I think everybody does have a sweet tooth at the end of the day, but edibles are uh, easily, you can travel with edibles. Um, they're discreet. Um, you can dose them quite easily once you've dialed in your dose or your brand. Um, it's just a consistent delivery mechanism. And I think more and more we're going to see, you know, continued increased use in the edible format, particularly as like you had identified if, if and there are some very smart people solving this issue, yeah. you know, instead of taking an edible and, and seeing the effects in, in two hours, you know, in a couple of years, are we going to see the effects now where we take it or drink it and we feel it almost instantly? Huh. Um, I think that's probably where we're headed. And, and that again, will will play nicely into the edible categories as more and more people can, you know, with certainty say, okay, I'm going to take this. And in five minutes, I'll feel exactly what I need to feel. It's also interesting. The fact that if it's edibles and when you think a lot of people are just really there's more people getting more health conscious and worrying about their diet yeah. and all. And the fact that it all comes down to the same thing, you know, there's a reason for obesity in this country and I'm a part of that. I know that for sure, but it's funny where it's just still comes back to people are still not afraid to go ahead and, you know, ingest and, and not worry about the calorie count, even if it is right. TV or not. Right. Yeah. I, I um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer that one. Other than, either, but it's know, like, it's, it, 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 yeah, it's interesting. Fascinating. It's a great point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let me move along now to pre-rolls or joints. Uh, so yes. you're talking about how it'll be more like people are going to be more uh, consuming it like that pack of gum you grab at the grocery store register, even if you're there to buy yeah. veggies. And they continue to be the most common cart topper across all categories. So shoppers are always tending to buy them into their online shopping cart, no matter what else they buy. So right. does this take into account, uh, say, vape pens or flower based or just flower based products? This is just. Um, uh, uh, any product. So okay. even what we see across the board, uh, um, any cart that has more than one item in their cart, mm-hmm. one out of every 10 of those carts has a pre-roll in, in them, which is significant because we, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of, of, of carts here um, week to week. So the, the fact that now people, you know, who would, and, and this is again, I think just, natural shopping behavior. So for instance, you are a edible consumer or a, let's just use that. And you love your edibles and you have your brand that you always go to, but now that brand starts also selling pre-rolls. Um, you would be much more apt to try those pre-rolls um, because you're comfortable with that brand. And you're going to see a, a lot of these brands focusing on multi-categories uh, multi-category products. So, uh, you know, a great example is a brand up in Washington called Fat Panda. Um, yeah. They started with one category and now they're proliferated across multiple categories and that's voting very well for them as they continue to, to establish their presence in the Northwest. You know, so that plays a role. 
I also think, you know, flower, when people think of cannabis, they, are, they still think of smoking. And that's an, an enjoyable, um, no matter, I, I, I know there are people out there that think smoking is a horrible no matter what you're smoking on. But it's still a very enjoyable and, and quite frankly, like a almost, I, I guess the wrong word, but I'm going to use it like a traditional way to consume cannabis. A lot of people don't know, though, how to, you know, roll joints or maybe it takes too much time. And the fact that now they can just grab a, a pack and maybe, you know, use this as a, a social um, piece or just, again, another way to consume cannabis from a brand that they feel comfortable with. We're just seeing more and more people use pre-rolls as a cart topper. And we're seeing dispensaries place pre-rolls very similar to how, you know, exactly like you described it, going through the, the cash register at, at a grocery store and, and grabbing, you know, a pack of gum. We're seeing that m- behavior more and more, both in-store as well as online. And I just think that also would take into account just for those who are going to take a flower, just going to take in, a, you know, and, and get a fill of yeah. smoke, is pocket size, not to have, I mean. Yeah. I would totally imagine that I would also think that there's going to be a point where, and I would think more of that's happening is where, you know, bongs are going to kind of just go, it's going to be just more antique and more antiquated at some point. When it's compact and it's easy to access whenever you need, and that's, you know, whatever kind of strength or what kind of strain you want, I don't see how more people would want to go ahead and deal with cleaning glass and having to go ahead and just go through the (laughs) motions. It's just too much work. And right. I would think right. that much more would be happening too. So just my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 would, I would agree. Excellent. No, no that just kind of just makes sense. It's more common sense to there. Again, we're here with Socrates Rosenfeld, CEO of Jane Technologies, back with final questions with Socrates after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads? Make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you like yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're wrapping things up here on Blunt Business with Socrates Rosenfeld, CEO of Jane Technologies. Now, 
Socrates says, people look to soothe ailments, and new entrants mm. demonstrate the effectiveness of topical applications of cannabis products. Balms and baths will become even more popular. And I was, we were saying the health and wellness lines, topical salves, things like that. Now, you were expecting that it should be more of an increase of more than 150% in the last six mm. months. That's what the increase has been, excuse me. And there's an expectation that, of that to continue. What else can you add about that point? I, I think this is a, a very interesting category to watch. Um, and I'll, I'll share a, a, a brief anecdote. So mm -hmm. my grandmother, who's from uh, Bloomington, Indiana, oh. in the Midwest. Yes. Probably, you know, not a very uh, 420 friendly <laughs> state, not yet, at least. Yes. Um, um, I know the people of Indiana are probably working on that. But right. she, she's never consumed cannabis ever. She has, uh, she's an artist and she has uh, really bad arthritis in her hands. And I brought her um, some topical cream and I said, all right, grandma, this is not going to um, get you high, but let's see if this helps you with your, um, your pain in your hands. And, and she tried it. And I, I swear to you in like 10 minutes, she was <laughs> dancing around the kitchen um, because she didn't feel any pain. And you know, when you can soothe someone's pain and do so with a, you know, a $10, um, bottle of, of lotion that has, you know, is, is plant-based, uh, usually organic with no other side effects. Um, that's a very compelling, uh, business case. Um, and so now my grandmother, you know, asked me for topical creams all the time. She's, you know, she's, she's, She's a big fan of those. And I think that's where we're seeing the significant amount of growth. I think, you're, you know, baby boomers, uh, seniors, uh, they're in pain and they're tired of taking Advil every single day or other painkillers for something that's relatively minor, you know, like just prearthritic pain or um, maybe, you know, when it rains or something like that, your joints hurt. Now they can just rub this on again, plant-based, they're feeling good. I think, you know, not only senior citizens, athletes now are, are realizing, man, I can use this and this is better than taking Tylenol or something like that. Um, again, I think with the bath salts and other infused topical products, wellness routines, evening wellness routines, you know, I, I, I grew up never taking a bath and now with CBD infused Epsom salts, I'm taking a bath once a week now because it, wow. it really helps my body and I'm not getting psychoactive high and, and things like that. So it's just a, a very, you're not smoking it. You're not eating it. It's a very kind of safe initial product to start using. And when people who do use it realize, man, I'm not in as much pain anymore. They're going to continue to buy that over and over and over again. It's it, quite frankly, a very underserved category. There, there aren't a many, many brands in there, but I, I think um, what you'll start seeing and maybe, you know, bring it back to what we were saying earlier, the Walgreens, the CVSs of the world, if, if they are um, starting to sell topical creams, CBD infused topical creams, again, that's going to introduce this product to the masses. And I think this category will continue to increase for years to come. There you go. Wow. Interesting. 
taking a page from the restaurant industry, uh, more brick and yeah. mortar stores are going to deliver products. We're seeing that yeah. a lot now. Delivery is it's just a thing. People just don't want to get up and go anywhere. So they're eating edibles at home and they're not going out. <laughs> Sedentary. Sounds great. So now, you mentioned how your top stores are driving a two-to-one ratio for delivery versus in-store pickup and numbers like that. Other cannabis versions will undoubtedly get into delivery as well. And now we've talked yeah. about here on the show about new areas of New York and California uh, getting the chance to uh, intake wholesale cannabis and delivery expansion. So any additional data on where this two-to-one ratio exists in which markets? Yeah, so we studied um, California for this one just because, you know, in states like Washington, Colorado, for instance, there's really no delivery. Um, in other states, maybe like uh, Massachusetts, there is delivery, but it's, it's really um, it's cost prohibitive for a lot of dispensaries just because of the, the regulatory stringency, I guess, that they put, put on, on these um, operators. So we studied California, and what we learned was that where delivery is available, um, you see a two-to-one ratio between orders that are requesting delivery versus orders just for in-store pickup. Um, and I think that's just indicative of, of how, and you nailed it, this is what we're used to with everything in this world. Totally. You know, now no one is really picking up their food, and everybody's getting it delivered to them. Um, Amazon has, has trained us to think that we can get any retail item at our doorstep within two days. So, so um, as the regulations become more and more um, uh, lenient for delivery, uh, and you're going to see that, you know, I think Colorado will have delivery at some point soon. Um, I, I think some of these newer states that are opening up, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, et cetera, they're going to start implementing delivery because, quite frankly, it's, um, it's, it's what the people need. There are a lot of people that, you know, live very far away and need their medicine and, and maybe don't have cars or, or aren't that mobile. Oh, yeah. To offer this, I think, is, is very important, particularly in the medical markets. And then eventually, my, my hypothesis is that you're going to see um, delivery it's going to look a lot like if you're from, if you remember Grubhub like 10 years ago yeah. where you ordered, um, you know, your, your Chinese food from the local Chinese restaurant and the person who was delivering it to you was that Chinese restaurant employee right. by law. That's what this is going to look like. I think for the next few years, eventually though, you're going to see the postmates of the world, the door dashes of the world, hopefully be able to, um, you know, pick up that product and deliver it to you, whether the dispensary can offer delivery or not. Um, because what I think that does is it, it opens up the product set much more to local communities. Meaning, the whole mainstream, let me go into the mainstream and just kind of, you know, broaden yeah. this out. You know, you mentioned some of those companies, but for me, just looking on the outside, it's saturated right now. And every oh my gosh, yeah, th- there's so yeah. many different companies doing the delivery. First of all, and like you said, if eventually they go to that model where you have people that are delivering on behalf of that delivery company as opposed to the retailer, that's one yeah. thing. Then, you know, you also have individual companies that are also doing their own delivery. That's the other thing we're dealing with. I mean. You know, I went to Outback Steakhouse the other day, and I was looking. They have signs all across as you walk into the store. We have delivery. Big letters. Right. And everybody's right. doing that, but I feel like 
with the fees that come behind it and then just some of the service that's out there, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you think like well, there should be a weight on that kind of model to come into play? Because oh, we're going to oh, see I, how this I, is going to fall out. I think we're going to see some companies drop out of this yeah. altogether. And I don't know if it's going to yeah. hold on for a long time. Yeah. I, you, go, you know, go call a restaurant, a small business restaurant owner and ask them if they like all these delivery companies taking 35% yes. um, off their margin. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's unfair. And it, it's exploiting the small business owner. Um, uh, unfortunately, that's the nature of the restaurant industry, in my opinion. And, and quite frankly, if, 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 if Jane has anything to do with it, we, we do not want to see that happen because that is killing small businesses. Totally. Uh, and I think, you know, part of that conversation is regulations. Regulations need to be, I, in my opinion, more lenient for those retailers to enable delivery so that they can serve their local population just like every restaurant serves their local population. We all want delivery. Let's, let's allow these, these retailers to do it right and not keep it impossible due to costs or, or regulatory um, issues like that. Yeah. I, in a wonderful world, it would be amazing if, you know, we maybe didn't allow for the Postmates to come in and just offered and allowed small local dispensaries to deliver to their local communities. I think that's what we're going to see in the near term. And it's up to us as stakeholders in this industry to make sure that that keeps going. And we, we don't allow for, you know, the creep of 40% margin to be taken out of the hands of local operators that are doing the majority of the work and given to a, you know, a tech company or something like that. You know, we are a tech company. We don't take an egregious percent because in our opinion, that we need to have the dispensaries be successful because if they're not and they're buried under regulations or pricing or things like that, then no one wins. The, the consumers don't win. Right. They're not able to get those products. The brands don't win. And as an industry as a whole, we don't win. So I think you bring up a great point is, yes, is delivery necessary? Of course it is. I mean, I have a small business owner now that, you know, yeah. I used to talk to him at the point because, I mean, I, I, I might, might have done a little bit of work with Uber just because I wanted to do extra, extra work, <laughs> make some extra money. Right. It's a normal right. thing these days. But my thing was right. when Uber Eats first came out and I said, you know, it's a yeah. guy that owns a pizza shop. I was like, you know, because he had, the only thing he was having issue was, was delivery. But, you right. know, it wasn't the right. most important part, but that would be where his bad reviews would come in. And that was the one thing to try to curb. But he never went and bought on that. He's never taken any of those kind of delivery services. He just said, we'll do it for free for we'll do it on our own, just like we always do. And I think it's worked out better because the, the pricing now is so high. Not yeah. to mention, yeah. uh, you know, th th that and, you know, like you said, the kind of cut they're going to take from you, you know, the way that those companies are going to make their money back is they're going to tack on the consumer and inflate the prices. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. what they're exactly. doing. They're not going to yeah. lose their money. No way. Exactly. Exactly. And, and in my opinion, it's time for that to change yeah. where we stop letting tech companies take advantage of offline businesses. No, I'm quit trying we, to think we're going to be the next Amazon or the next uh, Grubhub. Exactly. Do that. I mean, the models are good, but exactly. gotta, there's got to be some individual identification of it. But now, yeah, one last yeah. And, I, okay. and just to find, round out that point, because you bring it up, it, it, it's spot on is this is still a small business, you know, 
industry built on thousands and thousands of small businesses. This is one of the last standing small business enterprises in the country. We need to be very mindful of how we continue to build this out and not take short-term wins to sacrifice long-term gains, but instead really focus on building a long-term, sustainable, thriving enterprise where everybody can win from everyone from the MSOs all the way down to your local mom and pop corner store. There you go. Socrates, we always have a great conversation together and I really do appreciate you coming on again to join us here on blood business and uh, love it, man. We'll keep in touch with you again. But now before I let you go, uh, I know there's some new ventures Jane's working on Jane technologies, iHeartJane.com. Uh, I saw the new online store and you're now selling tinctures, topicals, edibles, extracts. Fill me in on the line of products that you have up there on the website. Uh, everything under the sun. Um, you know, uh, if you can go on iheartjane.com and come up with a search term that doesn't hit on a product, let us know and we'll send you, um, you know, a sweatshirt or something like that. Cause we do pride ourselves on, on, on having now over 150,000 SKUs, um, on our marketplace, everything from, like we said, shampoos to things for your pet to everything in, in between. Um, if, if, if you can, if you've heard about it, it's probably on our marketplace and, and probably sitting on a physical store shelf local to you. Excellent. There you go. So again, iHeartJane.com is where you can find out all about the great products are there. And obviously, you know, thank you again for all the great data and information you get to us. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Thanks, brother. Always great to be on. Hey, always. So we do appreciate it. So once again, uh, Blunt Business here presented by the United States Canvas Conference and Expo. Again, we will be in Miami, Florida for our next show August 3rd and 4th from the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. You can learn more about how to be involved and if we still have room for those who want to sponsor an exhibitor. It's there's not enough. There's still time for you to go ahead and jump on in. USCCExpo.com is where you find all the information. USCCExpo.com. Thanks for joining us here on Bump Business. Uh, we do appreciate you all joining us. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating review. Hope We really hope you'll give us that five stars. And let us know how we can get that five stars from you. We want to really come out here and give great programming, bring on great guests. And it's all about the listeners. We want to hear from you. We'd love to hear back from you. So if you want to, reach out to me. Uh, Email brasco at cannabisradio.com. That's brasco at cannabisradio.com. We'd love to hear back from you. And remember, you can also find the show on Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Speaker, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.